Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with the when things are going wrong against you if you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the final Here We Go podcast of 2018. It's been a hectic December, which came to a conclusion on Saturday at Livingston with our ninth game of the month. We'll review that, as well as the rather chaotic 3-4 defeat to Celtic on Boxing Day. Joining me tonight, God bless him, he's a very own tiny Tim, it's Martin Clunas. Oh Richard, how you doing? I can't wait for three weeks off of listening to your wonderful introductions. They are getting more tortured by the week, it has to be. <laughs> Then continuing our policy of giving more debuts to promising youngsters than Craig Levine trying to get some breathing space after a couple of defeats. It's Lewis Walker. Hi, Lewis. How are you doing? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, Lewis is a man behind Nascent Don's blog, What A Stramash, which you can find at www.whatastramash.com. Uh, Lewis, let's have the story behind why you're as hopelessly addicted to the red-shirted shambles that is AFC as the rest of us. Uh, always been an Aberdeen fan, grew up here, of course, and I don't think there's much written content out there for um, for Aberdeen fans. So, although it's fairly inactive at the moment, to be fair, which is my own fault, um, just being a bit busy with things, I thought I'd try and get my my thoughts down on paper or on online um, to give fans a bit more to read about the club. I suppose I think we're the local media are a bit um, comfortable with the club, so there's not there's not much different opinions out there. I don't think it's gone down well so far at the moment. So hopefully I can get more time next year and get more stuff down for different people to read and get myself out there a bit. No, it's good stuff, Lewis. I, I think I have to say that obviously we, we're still very lucky to have a very active fanzine, Aberdeen fans. But yeah, in terms yeah. of online blogs, some of them, as people have um, progressed in their studies and moved on to different things, maybe aren't as active as they once were. So there's definitely space for yours, Lewis, and, and others too. So the more the merrier, definitely. And so. it's a good read. So that's yeah. com, And we'll give you an opportunity towards the end again to plug that. So to the Celtic game. Um, first off, Obviously, Martin, we knew that the starting lineup would be problematic because we were basically down to three fit defenders. But how we started saw so Graham Shinney at left back with Dominic Ball joining Lewis Ferguson in midfield. Um, that lasted for about 20 minutes in a typical mid game McKinnis shift, didn't it? When you see who was available, unfortunately, no, we're going to lose Graham Shinney at the centre of the park. That first, first 20, 25 minutes, I wasn't really that. That concerned about it. Um, you see, obviously, then Constein, Constein moves in there as well. But I just think the problem was that there were there, quite a few. Of the players were given man to man jobs, um, and that was really where the the problems came from. Um, too many people were losing their man at vital positions, and unfortunately, um, that really was what undid us on the day. 
Yeah, Lewis, there was a whole host of uh, man marking jobs detailed. One of them was the reason why um, he decided, Derek McInnes decided to start with uh, Graham Shinney at left back and Andy Considine in the middle. Because he had Considine detailed to man mark Ryan Christie. But I think when it became clear that Christie was playing much more like a false nine, much deeper, Derek McInnes came out afterwards and, and said that he, he felt it sort of better to then get Graham Shinney back into the heart of mid, that midfield because, you know, what you were losing by having him out of there it wasn't really being helped by um, by having Andy Considine man-marking a guy that was dropping so deep. And we did miss Graham Shinney in the middle, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. We, I think, I know everyone wants Shinney at left-back, or a lot of fans do, but his drive, his aggression and bite in midfield is something we always miss when he's not there. And, yeah, I, f- I agree with what Martin was saying with the, the man-to-man, although... It can have its benefits. It's such a risky game plan, I think. Um, one pass, one mistake, and they're in. And you saw that with the first goal. And there was times when Constantine was, ends up in the right forward position just following Christie um, in the first half. So it can be good, I think, the, the man-marking, but it's, it's just so risky for me, I think. I just I get uncomfortable watching us do it. And But it seems to be the same old story with Celtic. That's, that's just how we seem to set up with them recently at home. First goal we lost, in fact every goal we lost, uh, I'd argue Martin, wasn't just a result of one error. First goal you could look at um, Logan not picking up the run, you could look at uh, even before that in the midfield, them getting time to pick and play a pass. Then you've got Don Ball who doesn't get enough on his connection when he has the opportunity to clear the ball. And it was every goal was the same, there were multiple errors weren't there that all contributed to those goals. Scott Sinclair's got a hat trick, and if we're being totally honest, if you're looking at the game with you know, without without red or green and white tinted eyes, Scott Sinclair, I don't think had had a very good game, but he's came out of that game having scored three goals, three chances. You need to be switched on, and you can sometimes carry maybe one passenger, uh, but when you've got, like you say, Logan, Logan was all over the place for a couple of the goals. Dominic Ball, you know, not great. We just allowed them. To kind of play football around us at times, and it was quite frustrating to see that. Um, it, you know, I'm sure we'll come come on to it later, but at, at fullback, once Shinny had gone out of the defence and into midfield, where he was he was needed. You know, it was it, became, it was apparent that he was needed. Um, I think it was it was glaringly obvious that there's there's some work to be done uh, in the fullback areas in January. But the first half was probably the better of the two halves, from an Aberdeen perspective. I'd argue, Lewis. I thought we had. Slightly more possession, slightly more time in the opposition half. And we got back into things. Um, as a result, it was some good work by uh, Nam again and also Shea Logan down the right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, we were, we had just yeah more, more time on the ball. Seemed to have a bit more um, courage about us in the first half, I think. The second half, they just seemed to just be on... They just had more confidence and arrogance about them. But um, McGinn played well in the first half. It was disappointing to see he went off. Um, I think it was another muscle injury, and unfortunately Scott Wright, as he's one of those players I really, really, really want to do well because he's <clears throat> so skillful and he's got all the talent in the world. One of those players you'd I'd easy pay money to go and see, but he just looked a bit lost when he came on, and we just lost a bit of edge without him. Spoke about this the other week, Martin. Time is running out for Scott Wright, don't you think? I mean, younger players are now overtaking him in the pecking order. I think we've said many times before, not just him, you know, there's younger players that's been at the club, you know, we've got Harkin back as, you know, as far back as someone like Cammy Smith, where we desperately want him to do well, um, you know, and it just hasn't happened, you know, it didn't really happen from at, at the Livingston game as well, 
um, which you know again we want we want this guy. You know he's 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 had some decent performances for us. He scored some goals, and you know there's clearly ability there. But if he isn't going to make an impact in the second half of the season, I think he's really going to struggle. And I think you know it might be closing in on the end of his time at Aberdeen because I don't think the club can afford really to just have a guy there who. You know, when you start him, doesn't really bring a performance. We need big performances from these kind of young players. There are other guys who are going to be chomping at the heels. They're going to be looking at him and saying, he's not doing it. I can do that. I'm better than him. Hope he proves us wrong. Desperate for us to prove us wrong. But um, it's looking ever, ever less likely. Now, every man and his dog, it seems these days, employs a high press. Um, apart from maybe Jose Mourinho. The problem with that is... Uh, the press that we employed against Celtic it grew increasingly disconnected during the match and instead of a team instead of the attackers pressing basically as one up the pitch you had one man maybe two men doing their jobs and just the energy I think seeped out of uh, Don's play during the game and it's almost inevitable in a way when we're so starved of a ball and after such a run of games Lewis I mean was it just down to tiredness or ultimately, was it the wrong game plan against a Celtic team who have not won, in fact not picked up a point at any other away game against last season's top six? They've lost all four. And in those games, it wasn't as if teams were allowing them to have the ball. Generally speaking, the home sides in those occasions had a good amount of possession, properly competed in midfield for the ball. So, wrong game plan or simply ran out of steam? It's a, it's a difficult one, to be honest, but that's... During the game, I remember we were, I was talking to my friends and we were, we were saying, surely other clubs do it, surely we can do it, especially at home. We we can be on more in the front foot, have more confidence, a bit more arrogance about us. It's just an unfortunate fact they are better and they've got better players. And especially, well, with that game plan comes more tiredness as the game goes on. And then when they have players such as Edward and the likes to bring on, it just, just makes it so much more difficult. But yeah, on the whole, I'd like to see us be a lot more positive, especially at home. What about when we had the ball, Lewis? Um, it, it seemed that I, I thought we were really actually quite poor on the ball, particularly in the second half. Yeah, well, I, I just don't think we really have the creativity or the players to unlock a team such as Celtic. It's one thing having Cosgrove up there, and he wins his fair share, but if he's not winning his fair share, he doesn't bring much else to it. Of course, he's been scoring goals, and that's brilliant, but if he's not scoring goals, and He's just—he's pretty ineffective. Stevie May, I mean, it's great that he's trying so hard, but at the same time, he's—he's not—he's not creating. He's not scoring. He's not—I don't think he's—we he's, just don't have the creativity or the talent in the final third at the moment to unlock a team such as Celtic, which is a pain. But it's something that well. It should be McInnes' main task next month, I think. But it wasn't even getting into the final third at points, Martin. I talk about what Graham Shinney brings to that role uh, before. He's he's a ball-winning midfielder. Surely he needs to sit, a, sit alongside somebody that's going to have the confidence to hold on to the ball and be able to, to pass it about in midfield. And again, Lewis Ferguson, it's very difficult to start complaining about what Lewis Ferguson has brought to this Aberdeen team because... He has made an impact beyond what I think anyone could have expected. But just that balance, just we've always had someone who's who's been comfortable on that ball in the middle of the park to supplement a guy like Shinny. Yeah, and that's that's very important. Um I think it's 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 more about competing um in the set, in the centre of midfield and that's something I don't think we really did, even when Shinny had gone in there. I've s i have know I said no, they've got better players than us. You look at how, you know, Newco Rangers 
competed against them yesterday. Um, they don't have they don't have any players you know that are are better than what was on the other on the green and white side, but yet they 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 were in their face. They played like. No, they played like a, you know, like a lesser team. You know, one of, like a bottom six team would play against Celtic or Rangers or an Aberdeen in the cup. You know, they would try and you know, try and just be in your face and stop you playing, um, and and that worked. Um, the problem is that you no, know, we didn't we didn't seem to do that. You no, know, we tried to press and we tried to do this, but we didn't really stop them playing. They still stroked the ball about. Uh, we allowed them plenty of time on the ball, which you know, I'd read some, I'd read a few things that you know, um, McInnes was kind of comfortable with that. And you know, we know about Boyata; he will just sit and hold on to the ball, and they'll knock it back and forth and look for us to create the space for them. But I don't think we really we really put any kind of pressure pressure on them. And you're right to say that. I mean, I, I'm really loath. I don't want to. I don't want to criticise Lewis Ferguson because he's he's given us, he's given us so much in what in in you know, this season, which none of us. You're right. None of us expected expected him to be the player that he actually is. Um, and you know, but he seemed to be you know, just kind of. He didn't get a foothold on the game. He wasn't able to create anything or pick a pass, um, which he wasn't the only one. It's not fair just to single out him. Um, and. The problem, I think, is that you know we are you know we fin- we finished second for the past few seasons, but on that in that game, um, you know sitting there um, on Boxing Day just seemed like you know Celtic just looked so far ahead of us, and they're not. I don't think they really are that far ahead of us, but the gap the gap looked so wide, and it was really disheartening. Doubly frustrating, I think, uh, Lewis, that you know we weren't playing that well. We weren't really in the game that much. Celtic go 2-1 up and frankly, you think it's done. We then get a bit of a gift of a penalty kick and then get it back to 2-2 with 8 minutes to go. You're thinking, you know, at the very least that should be a point. When we scored the equaliser, we thought let's go for it, let's try to get the win, now we're on top, but it just, well seemed like a matter of seconds before they scored again. Just, yeah, naivety just a lack of concentration and it was just it was just one pass again, wasn't it? In behind Constantine, and that was that. Yeah, like Martin said, it was it was very disheartening. I thought the way we allow them to play. I I appreciate letting Boyata have the ball up to the halfway line, and then we go. I understand that, but like, but Boyata is a good player. He's an international Belgian player. He can find a pass if he wants to find a pass. It's not like we're giving these rubbish players all the space. We're not that far away. And look at the table, we're not that far away, but other teams have a much more positive outlook. You see the likes of Kilmarnock and their attitude against Celtic and Rangers and how good they've done against them. I'd like to see McInnes just be a bit more positive as well. I suppose we should savour that uh, second penalty kick of the afternoon that we got, Martin, because that will be used as a bulwark to justify about 20 dodgy decisions against us for uh, the team in green and white hoops over the next uh, coming few seasons. No, I'm not gonna. The thing is, I'm not gonna come on here and say it wasn't a penalty because you know what? The referees are there to make a decision, and if he thinks it's a penalty, it was a penalty. Simple as that. You know, um, you know, if you don't want, if you don't want to have penalties given against you, you know what? In the box, don't push players. Simple as that. Um, you know, if it's a foul outside the box, it's a foul inside the box. Tough luck. Martin, come on. If it's a Richard, if it's a if they're going to give fouls outside the box for that, you sit what ten seats along the row from me. Right in the first half, that referee gave up, gave so many fouls for nothing, both ways, not just for us or against us, right? Both ways. So if if the referees decided that if you're going to put your hands on a player and that's a foul, then tough luck for Selick. 
You, if, you, if, if they're going to tell us you can't do that, then it was a penalty. Fine, I'll, I'll take that every day. Uh, Lewis Martin's refusing to take his red blinkers off, which is admirable, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but come on, let's uh, inject a little bit of common sense. It's not a penalty kick, is it? Yeah, I mean, I'll take it, but no, if that was the other way, we'd all be screaming, let's be honest. But, I mean, I, you take the risk, putting a hand on a on a forward player, but no, he's, he's fairly sprung off the ground and went flying, hasn't he? <laughs> Admirable defence by Martin, but uh, ultimately, and far, far better defending for Martin than the we saw from the team in red on Boxing Day. Uh, again, about those last two goals... Um, they actually bring on a striker. The fact that they're able to bring on a ten million pound striker says a, says a great deal, I suppose. I, I just wonder, maybe we should have then reverted to having the more the, one of the few remaining defenders play at centre half instead of Don Ball, who just got completely bullied, particularly for the fourth goal. I just wonder if that might have made any difference whatsoever, um, Lewis. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, maybe in hindsight, but I don't know. I think with the tired legs. Um, and their fresh legs and the quality of Edward. I mean, the fourth goal is a bit of a joke. It was laughable almost the way he brushed past um, Logan and Ball. Maybe we could have changed it. We certainly should have done better. But yeah, when you've got a player like that coming off the bench, ten million pounds more than anything we'll ever spend. So. So that was Boxing Day, uh, falling six points behind Celtic, who had a game and who still have a game in hand. Uh, we had to close off what had been a mental December with a trip to Almondville against the home team who'd only lost up to that point once in ten home Premiership games. A, an enviable record, probably up there with the best in the league. Given we had so many players out, Martin, I thought we we were all a little bit uh, intrigued to see what the starting lineup would be. And then a little bit astounded by what actually came out. I mean, it, it ended up being a 3-4-3, which I guess shows tactical flexibility, if nothing else. Um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun before the game. We're all sitting, um, we were sitting watching it in one of the pubs. Um, and it was fun kind of sitting there trying to kind of fit, you know, square pegs into round holes. I don't think there's much else you could do, you know, when we're, we are so, so light on defence at the moment. I, I did, you know, we tried to kind of fit four in there and say, oh, for this would make sense. But um, at the way it is at the moment, you know, you're just kind of, you're just kind of struggling to kind of pick. And thankfully, this break has came. Because lo and behold, thirty minutes into the game, um, we lose, we lose one of the other defenders as well. So, um, you know, your guys that didn't start, uh, which you know Gleason eventually comes on for for Logan. Um, you're hoping that. No, Logan isn't. Is, that's not some kind of some sort of serious injury for Logan there as well, because now we're going to have to start looking at a right back now as well. Uh, which you know, it's getting it's getting more and more concerning. We've already spoken about Logan this season, how he's kind of unchallenged it, you know, unchallenged at that position. Really, we don't have another speciality right back. Um, so yeah, it was it was a certainly an interesting start to the game. The first thirty minutes um, was a bit of a panic. Martin tried to highlight it, Lewis. Uh, Logan going off injured meant that of the seven defenders in our first team squad, five were unavailable at that point, which is bad luck. There's no question about it. Uh, but it, it has shown the fact that we still rack up these victories. Obviously, Bruce Anderson also went off injured later on. The, the whole squad has contributed to this run, this relatively successful run of six wins and eight. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a huge positive, I think. Um, the injuries are rubbish, and I think McInnes was blaming the schedule for that, for the, for the muscle injuries. But you have to look at the positives and see, especially when they're youngsters coming in and doing well. It's a shame. Well, it's, we got the win, I suppose, but there wasn't. there's no young defenders coming on. But um, 
yeah, the formation um, was crazy in itself. But, I mean, it's got the wind. It's made the wind sweeter, I think. There was a, a lot of expectant fans, I think, expecting us to just go up there and roll them over, which, for me, is just a crazy sort of unrealistic expectation. So, I mean, to get the win, to grind them out, um, it was it was brilliant. Yeah, where do you think that comes from, Luke? Do you think that there was an element of the kind of once-a-season pissed-up lads uh, who only are there because it's the holiday time in the support yesterday? Or is there just that sort of arrogance, that sort of old-firm arrogance that, that exists within the Aberdeen support? Yeah, I don't know, it's a massive bugbear of mine to be honest. I think it just exists nowadays. I'm not sure what it is. It t- does tend to be the younger fans, my generation, who just seem to expect to win absolutely everything, whether it's win every game or for Cosgrove to win every header or McLennan to skin every defender. Just And if they don't, they're just straight on their backs. It's it's weird. I, it's just strange. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a... It wasn't a one-time thing. It just seems to happen more and more. I don't I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not... I'm certainly not the happy clapper, as people like to say, but... You gotta just be a bit more realistic and realise who we are, and you can't you can't win every game. Celtic don't win every game. Nobody nobody wins every game. You have to just try and stay positive, stay with the team, and hope they can get something through there, which is a resolute. As you say, only St Johnson have beat Livingston there this season. So um, with that th- threadbare squad, it's a it's a really good win. Now we're just fresh from talking about the ability of Celtic to be able to take Edward off the bench on Boxing Day and change the game. I think, Martin, it's fair to say that yesterday we were able to bring somebody like James Wilson off the bench. Now, he's clearly not always shown it, but he does have the tools. Um, Livingston lose Lee Miller, a key player for them, and they bring on a guy, uh, Nicky Cadden, who is a winger that scored three goals in 40 games for Airdrie in League One. So, again, it's about squad depth and about what we can do against what a team like Livingston can do. And James Wilson, he did make a contribution yesterday. I suppose if you look at if you look at it that way, when you say we can bring on James Wilson uh, to replace a to replace you know, an injured player, um, and they bring on Nicky Cadden to replace Lee Miller, you know that maybe does explain why there is that bit of arrogance in the support because you look at it and you say, no, Lee Miller, you know, was was good for us when he when he was on his game, fine, but you know, his his, his time has faded, uh, but. He's leading. He's leading there in that line, um, and he's one of their. He's one of their better players. And like I say, you bring on someone like Nicky Cadden. So I can understand where a bit of that arrogance comes from. Um, but you know, James Wilson comes on. You know, we've obviously. You know, it's fair to say we've not seen the best of him. Uh, but there's you no. Know, there's clearly ability there. We've said it prop- every time he's been mentioned on here. You no, know, there is. There is you no know, a lot of ability there. It's just that he doesn't seem to be able to show it. Um, but comes on. You know. No, finds finds some finds the ball, finds some passing. No, that that break and that run for the for the the second goal uh, was just was just excellent, wasn't it? I mean, just like breaking forward like that, no, so quickly, so much pace, pace that I don't think any of us, let's be honest, had had thought he had. We've never seen it. We've never seen that from him. Um, and it comes on and it shows that there there's ability there. It might just be the thing that saves him from being punted back to Man United in January. For being totally honest. On a more general point, Lewis, do you think us as supporters, even just not Aberdeen fans, but the modern day fan, is too quick to write players off? I mean, Petaudry history is littered with guys who took a long time to settle. Gordon Strachan's one of the most famous examples, Mark McGee's another. Um, you've got Wilson, you've got Gleeson, you've got Forrester. Surely they can all still make a major contribution to our season, even if the evidence to date has been pretty patchy. I mean, I was also thinking Wilson might be punted back in January because of his lack of um, game time recently. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, it's a cliche. He, he looks like he does have the talent. Um, his attitude seems to be a bit questionable. And the likes of Forrest and Gleeson, these are good players. They played at a decent standard. Why they're not playing, I'm not entirely sure. But, I mean, you'd like to think they've been scouted thoroughly by McInnes or his team. They know that they can do a job at some point. And they've not just got one-year contracts, those two. Um, we're crying out for more creativity and talent in the midfield. Hopefully, things can get ironed out and they can become players. But, yeah, I mean, football fans are as fickle as they come. One minute you're the best, next minute you're the worst. We'll see it probably with Cosgrove in a week's time. It's, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's just a sad fact of life. I think it's more society-wise, to be honest. Um, it's just a shame, but there we go. I suppose, Martin, it's actually not just a support. It's, it's been largely Derek McInnes as well, hasn't it? I mean, it, obviously he pl- sees these guys seven days a week, sees them in training. Um, but Stephen Gleeson and, and Chris Forrester didn't really get a, lot, a great deal of game time before McInnes decided there were better options. No, in pre-season matches, only one I'd seen was the West Brom game, and I thought Gleeson, when he came on in the game, you know, looked tidy against you know, West Brom. You know, a kind of a level, a level of player that you know is probably above what we what we have. Um, and he looked tidy enough. He was finding some passes. He was looking okay again, but it's only pre-season. And like you say, he sees these guys all the time, and has decided that they don't fit in what he's fit in what he's looking for in midfield. Um, and when you've got when you've got guys like, you know, and I know they're not necessarily wingers and things like that, but when you've got guys like McLennan or Dean Campbell or Bruce Anderson or even Lewis Ferguson, you know, you've got these younger guys who are, are showing more hunger than, you know, a guy like Gleason or a guy like Forrester, which that's what appears like. Obviously, there's been rumours about personal things with, with Forrester, uh, which, you know, we don't know about, um, which maybe affect them. But when you've got these younger guys who McKinnis seems to be looking at thinking they're a better option, then it is... It is kind of it is a concern that, like Lewis says there about them of being properly scouted. Well, you have to think, no, have they been properly scouted? I mean, it can't just surely be the cliche of they're taking no, they're taking time to adapt to the Scottish game. Yeah, the game's a bit quicker; it's slightly different up here. But no, if you're if they have it, if they're talented enough, then they would be able to, they would be able to adapt fairly quickly. I mean, they're surrounded by players who play in this league. Who, are, who know what it's all about? You know, they talk to each other. Surely, they know what's expected of them. And um, so, it is a it is a worry. But I think, in terms of you know, they'll be given they'll be given time because you know the squad the with the size it is. I mean, you saw yesterday, um, Vertonen came on. Uh, there's obviously been at times during the season where like a lot of the younger lads have been filling out the bench. You know, there is the possibility for these guys to get some game time. Uh, it just, it just, it makes it even more important. And like we spoke about with Scott right earlier, it makes it so important that when they get the time, they come on and they have to impress. And uh, we did speak about this with Stephen Gleeson in the Hearts game, uh, Lewis. But again, Gleeson and Wilson yesterday coming on and not just filling out a jersey, not just playing out time, making a proper contribution to a big win. That's got to be big for them. It has to be the springboard. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a huge positive from yesterday's game. Gleeson looked really up for it when he came on, did, made a good contribution. And Wilson, for once, yeah, proper took the game by the scruff of the neck and made the difference. And you can see, yeah, it's a hard one to answer. You just don't know what's going on in training. You don't know why McInnes doesn't play the, the likes of Gleeson, Forrester, Wilson. But to have that talent coming off the bench, that's that's why we won yesterday, to be honest. If it's not for that sort of player coming off, we're, we're struggling a bit. Um 
but I mean, we have the budget, I suppose, to do that, to, to be better than the other teams with the, those sort of substitutions. So it's huge, um, especially with all the injuries we've got. And hopefully, um, second half of the season, those three players in particular can really come into their own and make a, a far more positive impact. I guess the flip side, Martin, to not seeing very much of Gleeson or Forrester or even Wilson in the last few weeks has been that this season, above all else, uh, above all others, Derek McGinnis seems much more predisposed to using his younger players this season. Now, youth products, five of them started yesterday, albeit slightly cheating. Andy Considine's one, Scott McKenna's another. Uh, and Dean Campbell came off the bench and we think scored the second. Uh, I mean, he's claiming it. He He's definitely saying it came off his chest, so I think that's good enough for us. But he is, he, he, we are seeing more often than not uh, youngsters getting their head, youngsters getting the opportunity. Some of them are grabbing up, some of them are grabbing it, and some of them, as you said, uh, are maybe flattering to deceive a little bit. For Aberdeen to be really successful, no, we don't have you know, you know millions and millions of pounds to go out and buy someone who's going to be you know this 25-30 goal a season striker or this, you know, we've we've got Scott McKenna who is, you know, a fantastic centre-half, but no, we don't have the cash to be going out and picking up these type of guys so it stresses the importance of having you know, really impressive youth products, I mean, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that Derek McInnes um, you know, every day goes into the office, he thanks Paul Sheeran for all these, for all these talented talented guys, you know, all their all the staff that they're bringing through, not just Sheeran, all the, the guys that are coming through, you know, I'm sure he's great, you know, very grateful that, you know, we have this kind of, you know, production line of guys who are, you know, obviously not the finished, not the finished product just yet, but when you look at McLennan, when you look at Anderson, um, you look at, against uh, Dean Campbell or whoever, you know, you look at these lads, and you think you know what? There's a there's there's a pretty there's a really chance of us having a really bright future um, if we can keep if we can keep these guys playing um, and get them at a top at a top level. Um, so you you want to see that? You know we've said we've said it so many times. There's nothing better than seeing like a local a local Aberdeen guy. That's what kind of unites the support. Somebody somebody from the city, you know, doing well for the club. You know, and you know, that's what you want. Um, as all supporters, we want to see local lads doing well, um, banging in winners in cup cup finals and all this kind of stuff. You know, unites the support for maybe a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now um, we got to take a quick moment. The goal we lost at Livingston uh, gave us a rather unnecessarily nervy last few minutes. Careless as hell from Scott McKenna, having loaded into the sky. Basically, throughout the year, it, he basically chucks one in there, doesn't he, uh, Lewis? Although uh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh here, but Andy Constantine's a little bit slow to react for me to the possibility of danger. Yeah, no, I don't think you're being that harsh to be honest. He should have Constantine should have chipped it, uh, just put it in the air and out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a careless mistake, but I think we can well maybe try and blame the pitch a little bit. It's very dry. The pitch looks terrible when you're there. I'm not usually one to bash pitches or astro pitches, but. Jesus, when I was there, it looked shocking. It looked so poor to play on. And that would have held the ball up slightly. I'll let McKenna off. I love McKenna. I think he's just absolutely brilliant. And I'd rather rather that sort of mistake as opposed to an actual defensive mistake. So we still felt comfortable enough, I think. Yes, coming as it did just a couple of minutes ago. And Don's sought out to inflict Livingston's second defeat in 11 home uh, league matches. So a good win, undeniably. What about December as a whole, Martin? Um, losing a cup final... Um, perhaps not unexpectedly, but then of the eight league games in December, winning six of them, it's a decent return, 
Obviously, you look at them individually. The Celtic game is frustrating for the reasons we've detailed. And then you've got the horror show that Watson Johnston just thrown in amongst them. There's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to be you know, positive about. Uh, just as that one, you look at that one result um, and you, you kind of think, you know, it's the what if, isn't it? Uh, we could be we could be closer. We could have done this, but unfortunately, like we like we said earlier, you know, we're we're not we're not good enough. You no, know, Scott Aberdeen aren't a bit good enough team just to turn up and win every game. It just isn't possible. There are some really there's some really good wins there, um, and we've got a lot to be happy about. You no, know, another yeah, no, another win at Ibrox. I think we've got to be we've got to remind people of that. You know, we've, um, no li- digging out digging out the win against Livingston where it could have gone the other way. You know, with a late minute late. Winner, you know, putting Dundee to the sword the way we did. You know, Dundee are hapless, you no, know, really just a shambles. But five goals, brilliant. If we can keep that kind of form going, you know, we're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. It just needs to be, just need to be a bit. You know, the consistency is clearly there. If you can keep that kind of level of of win winning um, up, then we've got a lot to be positive about for the rest of the season. You know, beating, you know, beating Hearts, beating Rangers, beating these teams. You know, it isn't just about. You know, I think we've sometimes been critical because Aberdeen were capable of beating the beating the rest, and then we don't manage to beat the big teams. Well, we are capable of beating the bigger teams or our so-called challengers. Um, so yeah, I'm really I'm really positive. So it is just you know, the only blot on the landscape um, is that is that home defeat to St Johnston, uh, which you know I was worried was going to take the wind out of our sails. Uh, thankfully, it didn't, and we just kicked on really really well from it. I do feel this, that this team this year, it's, they're all too capable of chucking in like a 2 out of 10 performance. We saw it at Fir Park, we saw it in the first half at Tynecastle, we saw it against St Johnston. You've got to look at the positives in that. In the past um, 30 days, it's been a brilliant brilliant December, in my opinion, 6 out of 8. And we really, really grind, ground them all out. Um, I think there was 4 of the 6 were just by one goal and just proper did the dirty work and got out there. Um, there's a few, the St. Johnson one, yeah, for example, Motherwell in the past. To be honest, I don't want to blame McInnes too much, but there does seem to be some just tactical tinkering in games like that. Players in different positions and um, we just seem to, I don't know, have a mind mind blank sometimes. But, I mean, yeah, well, like we said, we're, we're Aberdeen, we're not, we can't win every game. Nobody can win every game. Um, so if you can take six out of eight um, in a month, which has had so many games, then you're taking that all day. Okay, just briefly, uh, January, of course, brings with it the uh, false excitement of the January transfer window. If you had to pick one position, Martin, uh, what would you what, what do you think we need to strengthen? Assuming that we're going to, no, and, and as as it stands, it's going to be okay. Assuming Devlin comes back and is fully fit, um, and assuming that Scott McKenna doesn't leave, uh, that then it certainly isn't centre-half. Um, my concern is left-back. Um, I don't think you know. We, we know now that Max Lowe's away. Um, he's put a, he put a thing up on his Instagram earlier today as well, saying that he's no, he's he's definitely off. Uh, so, as much as I like Andy Considine, uh, for a team with uh, title aspirations, which you know, I think it's fair to say that we do, um, no, there's there's no real prizes for second place. You should always be aiming for first. So I think that. The first thing we should be looking at addressing is someone who can who can fill in, uh, play left back, uh, and take us you know, take it forward in terms of we need a long term solution for somebody who's capable of playing at left back. Uh, who that option is, you know, 
I'm just a guy who sits on the sits on the sits on the stand and watches. Um, there's no re- no one really that I would that, that is identify certainly in Scottish football uh, that I would like to see coming in from a, another team in Scotland. Uh, that's somewhat for the club to go. But I think left back is certainly something that we need to look at. Look at you know, Adi Constein been a great servant of the club, all that kind of stuff. You know, he's been there for some great moments. Uh, but if you're going to have title aspirations, if you're going to want to win things, unfortunately, I don't think he's the kind of guy who can be who is a starting eleven player. An international left back out of favour at Ibrox, Martin? Would you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely, not, Richard. I, I thought you were going to mention this, um, and okay, it got mentioned earlier on today. Um, a guy who is willing to sit there, um, go and play in the fourth tier of Scottish football when he's an international international class left back, you know, uh, but instead he chose to go to the Scottish third division with them. Now, that sets a horrible example to young players at the football club, saying that, you know what, money's more important than you know, than, than competing at the top level, winning trophies, you know, challenging yourself, going and playing against, you know, no disrespect to these teams that were in the Scottish third division, right? Because, you know what, they're bit, no, there are better football players than I will ever, ever could dream of being, right? But for a guy to go and do that shows an absolute horrible lack of ambition. Um, and it was when you've got, we just spoke about the young players at the club. If you bring someone like that in who just, who's like, oh yeah, well, I, w- I went to the third division, I earned money, and I won a, you know, I, won, I played in the Petrofat Cup, sends, sets a stinking example. Absolutely no chance for me. Here, here. Lewis, I guess the same question for you. Uh, I'm, I'm just limiting you to uh, to one position because these hypothetical transfer conversations can sometimes get a bit tedious. But yeah, uh, one position. One position. Yeah, the the sensible answer would have to be left back, I suppose. As much as Constantine has been brilliant for us, um, I love to criticise him for all the hard work he's done. But yeah, I mean left back. But I mean, I'd like a striker and a number ten. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm not convinced that we can go the season with May, Cosgrove and um, Wilson, whether he stays or not, and remain as high as up, up the table as we'd like. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what McInnes can find, I suppose. Yeah, I'm surprised number 10 wasn't more uh, foremost in your thoughts, quite frankly. Because, I mean, obviously, obviously during the summer... The hope and the belief was that they could get Ryan Christie here and uh, came up short for the second successful summer to, to get him permanently. And um, I think that left a big hole in the summer rebuilding plans, uh, wouldn't you say, Martin? It did. I mean, you know, we've, we lost him, um, lost Kenny McLean as well. Um, you know, so there is, there is options there in terms of, you know, well, there was definitely you no, know, I think they put their eggs in the basket of hoping to get Christie. And for what we're led to believe, you know, it was pretty much. It was pretty much signed, sealed, and almost delivered, uh, which makes it even even harder to take that he's he's ripping he's ripping up the the, the heather down there with them. Um, you know, at number ten is you know we do we're looking for creative players. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, you know, you need a guy in there. Um, you need it. We need a striker. Um, as much as as much as Cosgrove has been knocking them in, I'd like to think that he's going to go on and be be you no know, a. A consistent striker who's going to get a decent strike rate for us. We're putting our eggs in that, ba- putting our eggs in that basket. You know, Stevie May yesterday um, against Livingston missed some, missed a couple of you know, shocking chances that you know really you should be, you know, not even getting shots on tar- the shots on target when he really should be doing slightly better. So uh, there's concerns there, definitely. I mean, 
you know, trying to identify who it should be. You know, there's guys, there's guys in and around Scottish Scottish football who would be half decent options that we can pick up. Um, the problem is that they're playing for teams in and around us. You know, there's a couple of guys at Kilmarnock. I'm sure we would all take in a take in a heartbeat, but you know, that's that's not very likely to happen, unfortunately. Ripping up the heather. That's one of a mangled. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. I don't know. Setting the heather alight. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> I've, I've had a stressful day. <laughs> All right. Um, well, by the time we join you again, we'll know that I've seen some movement in and I dare say out on the transfer market. It's a total soap opera that seems to, for some fans, be the highlight of their season. We'll see where we are when we come back in three weeks' time. Uh, the first game back after the break is Stenice Muir in the Scottish Cup. A chance to finally, after 115 years, beat Stenice Muir, something we've never ever done. And then we resume league action with another uh, game on the artificial pitch uh, at Hamilton. And that'll close out the basically the second round of matches so that everyone will play everyone home and away. And it's really the only point in the whole league campaign where you can get a proper, uh, I would argue, feel of the league. But that's to come. Thank you tonight to Martin Clunas. Thank you very much, Richard. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, to Lewis Walker. Lewis, tell us about uh, your blog again. So, watchstromash.com. Um, hopefully I'll try. I've got a bit of time off now this month from uni, so I'll try to get something up there um, soon for some people to read. Hopefully it's all right. It's a, a biased Aberdeen written blog. What more could you ask for? <laughs> Yeah, just be like us, don't worry about the quality, just churn out the content. Yeah, yeah it's all about content. <laughs> <laughs> right then, that's our show. Thanks everyone for listening to us during 2018. Please keep doing so during 2019 as well. Our egos need the constant massaging that your hits give us. Obviously we've had to start things almost from scratch again during the year. Uh, we made that decision so that we could guarantee you a service that was only ever going to be focused on Aberdeen and wasn't going to be about flogging you shit beer or directing you to someone else's disappointing lump in prose about subjects you rightly couldn't give a damn about. So thanks for following us over here and uh, tell your mates. Uh, uh, for 2019, up the fucking dandies and come on you reds.